So Penn State men's basketball loses to Texas in the round of 32, 71 to 66. The Nittany Lions gave it all they have, gritty and not pretty. It doesn't matter anymore. It was a magical run. It was a great season. And now here's the next battle. Getting Micah Shrewsbury to sign on the dotted line. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day where you're free and available wherever you get your podcast. It is a live show. I am Zach Seiko, your host, as always, and joined by a very special guest, and that is Penn State men's basketball insider Adam Sheets for Penn State's Com Radio. Penn State loses 71-66. to 66. Adam, you and I are talking this game, of course, recapping it. It's the end of the season. That's that's it. There's there's no more basketball. So every conversation we have in the future is either going to be men's basketball news related, uh, hopefully some good news with Micah Shrewsbury. So uh, we'll address that. And then just the future of the program, the players, they're going to be losing, obviously, a lot of talent. Uh, Twitter says that, you know, every Twitter is so intelligent. The Twitter community says that Penn State is destined to be an NIT team next year. I'm not buying it. But uh, that's if Penn State can retain Micah Shrewsbury and continue the direction of this program. So uh, comments, uh, we want your comments. Join in on the live show. Adam, let's begin with this. 7166, Penn State loses to Texas. Texas, this was something that we thought about a, a couple possession game. And that's exactly what it was, is that Texas would ultimately win by just a few points. It was going to be single digits, but about a possession or two. And... Texas was just the better team. And I don't think that uh, Penn State was outcoached. I don't think that uh, Penn State uh, was out efforted. You know, that's not really a word, but uh, Texas definitely didn't give a lot more effort than Penn State. I thought, especially down the stretch, that uh, the Nittany Lions uh, gave it all out there on the floor. I just think that Texas's talent proved to be the difference. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think, you know, Texas was the better team. We have more talent. We said that going into this game. I think a lot of people knew that. And it was a really evenly matched game. Two very well-coached teams that played a really good style of basketball. I think the difference was Dylan Disu. He was able to take over the game for the Longhorns, getting in, making some tough floater shots. You know, those are not easy shots. He had not been consistent with those this season. He came in here and he couldn't miss them, leading the Longhorns in scoring. That's something Penn State probably didn't bank on. They were doubling the screener, just trying to contest that floater, make it hard, and he made about every one of them. That was really the difference in the game, their ability to use their big guy and him be dominant against Penn State's small ball lineup. But, I mean, this is the Penn State team we knew. They were never going to quit, and they didn't. They fought back, had opportunities, were leading late in this game. Um, it was just a great game by both teams, and Texas just made the plays down the stretch that helped them go on, and they'll be moving on to the Sweet 16. Penn State's kryptonite, I think, was that athletic, lengthy big man. And I know what everyone's thinking, or at least what I'm thinking. How'd they beat Indiana? Because honestly, I was the momentum is what helped them beat a, a revitalized Hoosiers team. But I don't know if they met again in this tournament that they, they would beat uh, in Indiana just because a Trace Jackson Davis is that a different prototype of a forward that Penn State would just struggle with. Somebody that can run with the speed of that Penn State small ball lineup. And in return, being six foot nine, six foot ten, clean up the glass. So, 
have that speed, have that six gear, have that durability as well, because those big guys couldn't keep running up and down the floor. They get tired so easily. Uh, and that's Texas was just, just could match that athleticism and then had the bigger bodies to go along with it. Yeah, they had a lot of length. I thought Timmy Allen was a big difference in this game as well. His ability to guard Jalen Pickett made it really hard. wasn't easy for Jalen Pickett to get his in this game, and that was a really big difference because they could put Timmy Allen on him, and they didn't have to help off the shooters. Penn State got loose a little bit in the second half at times. Yeah. Andrew Funk knocked down a couple. Miles Dredd was really good from behind the arc. Seth Lundy knocked down a few. But just allowing Timmy Allen to guard Jalen Pickett, do his job, make it hard, and be able to play one-on-one and not let Jalen Pickett go for 40 is what Timmy Allen was able to do for this team that really changed another long guy for this team. They're really long, really athletic and jump out of the gym. They're going to be a tough out in this region. Houston was able to come back and beat Auburn. So they're probably still the top dog, but Texas in the sweet 16 is going to be very hard to beat and they're moving on. So it was a great Texas team. And as you said, that long athletic team is what Penn state was going to struggle with. And that's what bit them today. Yeah. I think if they were to get past Texas, I I really, and I, I will stand by what I said. I think they could have beat Houston because I think, that Micah Shrewsbury could have outcoached Samson uh, and a Houston team that just frankly, I just think they dominate physically. I don't know that they're actually good at the fundamentals of basketball, the way they need to be in an NCAA tournament. Like they'll, they'll beat anybody. Right? Okay. They're number one. Uh, they're a number one seed for a reason, but I, I just think if you run into a better coach team, that that's something that they would struggle with. And you see that uh, with the way they lost to Memphis. I know they were down Marcus Sasser, but he's not 100%. And that's why it showed uh, against Auburn, even though they were able to pull away as for Penn state uh, in this game, it live by the three die by the three live by the Andrew funk die by the Andrew funk. I would say, because Andrew Funk was, they let him shoot again. And just in two days time, he was two for 10. Now he became a little more dynamic as a scorer uh, uh, instead of the one trick, you know, Hey, I'm just going to shoot a three from the wing or one in transition. He became someone who went on the cut, somebody who shot a mid range jumper, someone who drove to the basket and absorbed the contact. And I said, Hey, you're going to need that for the next level. So that was really good to see, but I don't think Penn state got enough from that's that third or fourth option, especially since a Jalen Pickett or a Seth Lundy did not take over. And on top of that, Jalen Pickett had zero turnovers against Texas A&M. He had seven against Texas. Yeah, they made it hard. You know, they were playing long and you kind of figured that with the way they defended the three point line. They weren't helping. Yeah. So when Pick- if he got caught in the air, he was going to be forcing some passes. They did a good job tipping some pass. They had one that was tipped, went off Mikey Hen's face and out of bounds. So their hands were really active on defense. So they did a good job neutralizing Jalen Pickett, really taking away that passing ability that he has, which makes him so dangerous because of everything he can do offensively. They did a great job game planning for that. But as you said, Penn State didn't add the three ball going in the first half. It was a little inconsistent consistent had some spurts there miles dread was here the only one who had it going from behind the arc for a majority mm-hmm. of the game knocking down four threes but just not having that consistent option with andrew funk on the outside he didn't get many easy looks when he did he was able to knock him down missed a couple rimmed a couple out late in this game seth lundy didn't have it going from behind the arc consistently either and that's kind of what kind of held them back because they want to knock down those threes because it opens up everything on the inside and they just didn't have that for 40 minutes against texas Adam, anything else to add here? Uh, Cam Winter was the leading scorer with 16 points. So I do want to give credit where credit was due because he held up his end of the bargain. It's just it didn't go along with a 20-point performance from Seth Lundy or a triple-double by Jalen Pickett, and that's kind of what you needed tonight. Not a triple-double with turnovers involved, triple-doubles with uh, more assists uh, than, than turnovers here, uh, unfortunately. So Cam Winter, it 
usually became that second option beside a Jalen Pickett and a Seth Lundy. But instead tonight, he was the option with 16 points. So I think that's the difference here. He didn't compliment. He actually led the way. And, and that wasn't the downfall of this Penn State team. But what worked for them was the fact that, okay, if it's Andrew, it's Andrew Funk and Cam Winter, or it's Jalen Pickett and Kanye Clary, it's Seth Lundy. There, there just wasn't that dynamic duo tonight. Um, unfortunately, the the pie was cut too many ways uh, and just and just not enough pieces, not enough big pieces. Yeah, they didn't have a guy take over the game. Cam Winter did a great job keeping them in the game in the first half when a lot of guys didn't have it going. He knocked down some mid-range jumpers that, you know, they really struggled offensively, but he kept them around, kept them in it, and then kind of just did his thing in the second half at times when they needed him to, especially when Jalen Pickett got the four fouls, he was going to run the offense. Uh, but, you know, as you said, they just didn't have that guy who just took over the game. When you get to that eight-minute mark, it's like, okay, here's Jalen Pickett. It's time for him to really take over, whether it be facilitating to shoot shooters are getting downhill and scoring at the rim. He just didn't have that today against Texas. They didn't have that consistent threat from behind the arc that was knocking down threes. Miles Dredd's not a guy who's going to take over because he's really relying on other guys to create for him. Really good defender for Penn State, but he's not going to get the ball, you know, go off the dribble and score for this team. He's looking on kickouts for threes. He just didn't have that guy that was just going to take over for Penn State, especially late when Marcus Carr was able to do it on the other end a little bit, facilitating and scoring on those last few possessions for Texas which really allowed the Longhorns to get that separation and win this game. It is a locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every single day. We will continue this conversation now around Micah Shrewsbury. And if he's going to return, I know that's the question everybody wants answered at this point in time. But first, a word from our sponsor of today's show, and that is Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites all you got to do is vote for your va your favorite bar or puff and then go support your team support your bar or your puff and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners get a free box of built not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12-month subscription to built to have built bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to the door you got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're out there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. And like I said, thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. You got to check out Locked On College Basketball, March Madness, Fairleigh Dickinson, <laughs> Princeton. Now we saw Arkansas prove that they were the, you know, better Kansas over <laughs> Kansas, right? Better, better Kansas name. Mm -hmm. And they're moving on, knocked down another number one seed. But Locked On College Basketball has all of that and more with big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. I just talked to Isaac Shade and uh, Andy Patton. They do an incredible job over there at Locked On College Basketball. All right, everybody wants this question answered again. Uh, feel free to throw your questions or comments in the chat about this season about Micah Shrewsbury. If you think he stays or he goes, Adam, we're going to answer that question. Uh, let me lay it out this way. I don't think it's a matter of I, I don't think it's a matter of a direct deposit to Micah Shrewsbury. Yes, that is important, but it's a matter of resources going towards the program. 
And as I sit here right now, Saturday, March 18th, you know, late at night uh, doing this live show with you, Penn State does not wholeheartedly devote the resources that other programs do to men's basketball. I want to sit here and believe that Pat Kraft is going to do that as an athletic director. That's why he's brought him and you brought in and you want to strike while the iron's hot. But in the past, it was football, 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 football. And I totally get that 107,000 strong. I'm not saying that you pull resources away from football, but now with the new Big Ten TV deal, there's all there's an injection of $100 million plus coming in from this TV contract. You now have the expendable resources to not joke around anymore and, and give the devoted attention to men's basketball. And I think when Nittany Lion fans have something to be excited about, they will come up, they will come in droves. Look, Look at the 2018 Ohio State game. That sellout crowd, that whiteout when they just obliterated the Buckeyes in the Bryce Jordan Center. I know that's what this program can be. Are there any other difference makers for you that could take Micah Shrewsbury away to another basketball team? I think it. I think you hit it. I think it's resources. I think you know money. I think they're going to be able to compete with you know annual salary and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's resources. Making sure his assistant coaches are being compensated. I think mm-hmm. he wants to keep an Adam Fisher, a Mike Farrelly, and Aki Collins around at yeah. Penn State to really build the staff. They're big in the recruiting part of it. The facilities. You talk about the practice gym. You talk about the weight room. That's very important. The lounge, the offices, everything that goes into a basketball program. You need that type of thing. Right now, it's kind of weird you know they're in the Bryce Jordan Center doubles is like a concert arena they have their practice facility it's kind of on the side you know maybe other places have better facilities that Penn State's going to often invest in getting them those facilities to be able to practice to have the weight room they think that's up to par that recruits like to have a lounge area for the players when they come in that really helps the recruiting I think that's going to go a long way and then the one thing we don't know and we're never going to know until he makes his decision is if Micah Shrewsbury you know there's family involved in this situation Mm -hmm. he's a family guy he loves his family what their family might want to do because you know he's an indiana guy we mentioned notre dame he coached at iu south bend if they really like it out there he has family out there in the indianapolis area if he wants to go back closer to home you know you'd completely understand that we won't know that until you know maybe he makes that decision but i think penn state's gonna have a good shot here i think he loves penn state he's mentioned a lot how much he loves this program and what he can do with it brain shrewsbury obviously right now committed to come his son for next season he has a great recruiting class there he's been hitting the transporter getting people to come so i think a lot could lean towards him to saying at Penn State, but then there's also a lot that could pull him away. So this is going to be something that's probably going to come down to the last hour. It's going to be on Pat Craft for those resources, facilities, and make sure his assistant coach are being compensated, as well as himself that's going to really run the day and see if he's able to stay here at Penn State. If Pat Craft wasn't around, uh, I were, I really wouldn't give Penn State a chance because he has a better vision for Penn State sports as a whole. Uh, he's committing resources to different projects and just getting things done. You know, you can say a lot of things. And, and I thought Sandy Barber did a, an incredible job with what she was able to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were other limitations. Again, she has to go to boards. She has to go to people above her as well. Uh, And I think that there's just something different about Pat Kraft where he's able he's not only able to say what he wants, but he does do what he wants as well. Uh, And I think there will be attention and resources given to a pro because Georgetown and Butler. I know Butler's not in the place to to get a head coach, but they just devote more attention. I know because they don't really, you know, they don't they're not focused on football, yeah. right? Uh, so they can devote all those resources to men's basketball. Same thing with Georgetown; their number one thing is men's basketball. But 
and that's why those schools can get involved in the discussions around Micah Shrewsbury. Uh, but I, I think what it ultimately comes down to is, and so that checks the box. I think Pat Kraft will, you know, focus on NIL when it comes to men's basketball, focusing on the individual opportunities for those basketball players, uh, improving what facilities uh, are needed uh, and everything else. But uh, you, unless you know Micah Shrewsbury personally, you don't know how he feels about the sentimental factor. You don't know how he feels truly about the state of Indiana, where he, he's been a lot of his life uh, outside of the Boston Celtics in Penn State. Right. So if Micah Shrewsbury, you can't compete with that either. Uh, so if Notre Dame, if Micah Shrewsbury is the third or fourth option to Notre Dame, then I don't think he's going to go there. But if, if Notre Dame uh, says that Micah Shrewsbury is our number one target behind closed doors, and we don't know that or anything, there's no there's no leads to say that. But uh, if they're that that's going to be tough to beat uh, when all said and done, unfortunately. Yeah, that's going to be extremely tough to beat. I think you hit something else as well. NIL deals is going to be huge because that mm -hmm. helps recruiting a lot. Penn State, you know, most of the donors, obviously, as we said, they're, Penn State's known as that football school. They're focused in on football. You go to Georgetown, you have some very good NBA players that came out of Georgetown yeah. that is coming yeah. back maybe to get some high-profile players to that program. I think with Notre Dame, um, you know, there's a lot that goes on there. I think, you know, it's very interesting because a lot of the coaches we've had rumored to Notre Dame their seasons have been over. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury mm -hmm. hasn't, and they haven't announced anything. So that means they're still well in on maybe the Micah Shrewsbury sweepstakes, trying to make sure they can try to get him. But this is going to be a very interesting situation for Penn State. They haven't had to deal with this in a long time, dealing with a coach that's maybe looking somewhere in the basketball realms. They've dealt with it with James Franklin in football. But now mm -hmm. Pat Kraft, this is his first true challenge now with Micah Shrewsbury looking around, and rightfully so. He deserves the, op the right to look around and see what he can get. But it's definitely going to come down to what Penn State's going to offer and what they're going to build around this basketball program it's going to allow Micah Shrewsbury to feel like this is the place where he can build a perennial NCAA tournament team and a team that can compete for Big Ten championships in Happy Valley and look what he's done in two years right mm -hmm. he's he's shown that he's not like coaches leave when they get pushback I feel like Micah Shrewsbury has had in the time you know Sandy Barber brought him in right let's yep. like this isn't a Pat Kraft hire this becomes a Pat Kraft extension uh, but this was a Sandy Barber find, get, and hire, right? Uh, to take a chance on a young coach who had, you know, a, obviously the the resume that you want, but, well, he's never been a head coach before. And that's what Micah Shrewsbury alluded to in those press conferences and said, well, two, three years ago, nobody wanted me. And, and Penn State uh, was by my side. So is he going to reward the Nittany Lions uh, with that loyalty uh, in return? And I would like to think so. Again, I think if it comes down to Notre Dame, Penn State, even if Penn State offers a little more annual salary, you just got to think the sentiment. Again, I don't know what his feelings are in the sentimental factor uh, when it comes to the state of Indiana, but he talks a lot all the time about just being from Indiana and how that has an impact on his life. So you just have to respect that if he does make that decision. So I, uh, other than the fact that Pat Kraft is prepared, you know, from the news we've seen, there's not, there hasn't been anything else new reported. Pat Kraft is just prepared to offer him a lucrative offer, uh, a lucrative contract for, for Micah Shrewsbury. And who knows, you know, how long I would give him the 10 year max, you know, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't need to be a three or four year deal, a year to year type of thing. Like uh, even if they go 500 next year, I, I'm, I am more interested in men's basketball than I have ever been in my entire life.
Yeah, you should be. They've had great recruiting classes. Two of the best recruiting classes in the history of the program are coming in. He's hit the transfer portal, so he shows he can bring guys in that helps them win now and have that mentality. So he's built that program. And as you said, I think it should be a long-term deal, maybe giving Micah Shrewsbury the opportunity to renegotiate if he wants to mm-hmm. renegotiate, kind of like that player option you see in NBA contracts where if he feels like he deserves more money, maybe restructure the deal. I think the one thing with Georgetown that you can talk about is sources are saying Ed Cooley is their top guy. So maybe Micah Shrewsbury kind of looking there like he's not their top look. So maybe he's either mm-hmm. looking maybe towards Notre Dame or at Penn State, maybe narrow it down to those two because they really want Ed Cooley from Providence. But I think, you know, Penn State, it's very interesting to see what this team can do under Micah Shrewsbury. They're going to have a lot of talent, and it's going to be what he can put together. He's a great coach, especially at developing talent. The Athletic released an article about from Jalen Brown about his love mm-hmm. for Micah Shrewsbury and how much he credits him for his success in the NBA. So, you know, he's a guy who's proven he can get guys to the NBA. So wherever he goes, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of success, and hopefully it's at Penn State next season. It is a live locked on Nittany Lions as Penn State goes down to Texas 71 to 66. Jury's still out if Micah Shrewsbury returns. Honestly, I didn't consider Georgetown a serious threat. I would, con- if Butler had an opening, that one mm-hmm. <laughs> I would consider a serious threat, uh, especially again. He, Brad Stevens, coach there, mm-hmm. Indiana, er- everything, everything else above. But before we move and look at the 2023 and 2024 season, A lot of talent coming back. Do not write this Penn State team off. Let's assume Micah Shrewsbury comes back. The returning players that are expected to stay with the team do come back. But before we get to that, let's talk about another one of of our sponsors for today's show. And that is a FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. So we're past the midway point of the NBA season. And... America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, uh, is now seeing the tournament heat up. So you have the NBA, but now you have the NCAA tournament. And it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drained, and FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Our final segment of a Locked On Nittany Lions, a live a Locked On Nittany Lions. And yes, I, of course, <laughs> basketball just finished. Uh, wrestling wins another national title. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. That, that's a conversation to, to be had and something to uh, be shouted out. But I do I respect any sort of conversation, right? And, and wrestling deserves uh, yep. a lot of attention here. Kale Sanderson, Mm-hmm. One of the honestly might go down as the best Penn State coach ever, right? Ten and twelve like, years is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good. The, the bar is super high, and it's uh, ironically enough, I think Penn State wrestling is only going to get better with mm-hmm. some of the recruits they're bringing in. But back to Ben's basketball here, just because they've had so much momentum. Like you expect Penn State wrestling to do this, yeah. right? Like I, I was surprised that they went two and three in the in the finals there, and it's not to discredit them, but it's just like it was shocking that they didn't sweep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it was, it was more shocking that they, they lost the three finals that they did, but they won the team title w- without any contention. Uh, so wrestling has done very well in recruiting. 
men's basketball has done very well in recruiting. You're getting Calvin Booth's son, Carrie Booth, in next year's class. You're getting uh, Logan Imes out of the state of Indiana, who's a very good, he can score, he's a natural scorer. Then, of course, you get Braden Shrewsbury, who's in the middle of a Pennsylvania State playoff run uh, over at the uh, local area high school. Uh, so those three are coming in. You imagine that Penn State's going to go in the transfer portal to get some complimentary pieces. But I do not sit back and say that Penn State uh, is an NIT team. Kebajai is going to get bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. Jameel Brown is going to get bigger, stronger, faster. Those two become the guys when you lose Andrew Funk. Uh, hypothetically, Seth Lundy, technically he could come back with his COVID eligibility. Jalen Pickett, Miles Dredd, Cam Winter does come back. But all those freshmen, uh, Jameel Brown, interestingly enough, didn't get it, got the least amount of minutes out of the freshmen. But Kanye Clary, Evan Mahaffey, Keba Jai, all are going to be back and ready to make an impact here. Jim, I think Jameel Brown is going to be an impact player. He's going to be a breakout star next year. So this team, while they are young, this group has chemistry. They have chemistry and they're and they're here with their coach for multiple years. It's not a, a it's not a makeover program uh, year to year like it has been because of the transfer portal. And that's how you build a program to bounce back so quickly. So, uh, Adam, I think we're on the right track here with this team can still be very competitive uh, in 23, 24. Yeah, they can be competitive. I'm, g- I'm going to correct you there. Cam Winter cannot come back. He, I, oh, okay, out, okay, thank you. He is out of eligibility. He had his four years at Drexel and used his COVID year at Penn State, so okay. he will be gone for this team. I think you know they have a great opportunity. You know, I don't know if they're going to lose anyone due to the transfer portal. I don't think Seth Lundy's going to come back. He mm-hmm. participated in all the Senior Day festivities when they had Senior Day at Penn State, so I think he's maybe leaning towards the NBA where he's been projected in some reports as a second-round pick, so I think that's where maybe he's leaning. Nothing confirmed yet from Seth Lundy yet, but he does have that option to come back, but I like this team. The five freshmen that came in are going to get better. Demetrius Lilly, a full offseason when he's mm-hmm. healthy is going to be huge for him. Jabil Brown could shoot the ball. like He's a really good shooter. He just didn't fit on this team because they had so many great great shooters. Yeah. So you had that veteran guys out there. So Jameel Brown's going to step in next year and be an impact player. Kanye Clary, as fast as anyone in this conference can get by anyone. Evan Mahaffey, that versatile player that can play on the wing, handle the basketball, great defender, very long. And then Keba Jai, obviously we've talked about him and his improvement throughout the season. He's only going to get better with an offseason in the weight room with Coach Muskinis, the strength coach at Penn State, and everything. They're going to have to get him better. He does have a jump shot. He didn't show it off a lot this year. I think they'll try to make that more consistent as well but you know this is a team with a lot of freshmen that will be sophomores they're going to get better and then you mentioned the recruits Kerry Booth a very highly tatted recruit coming to Penn yeah. State he's going to be expected to do a lot at 6'10 very long has some guard skills as well Braden Shrewsbury is an elite shooter his run did end today in yeah. the Elite Eight of the State Tournament for State College High School he will be coming in he's a really good shooter at 6'4 long very versatile and Logan Imes is another great scorer coming in this class so you have those three coming Coming in, joining those five freshmen, maybe you bring Dalian Johnson and Caleb Doors. You can get them to come back as well and add some guys in the transport. This could be an interesting team next year and kind of that tough matchup like they were this year and really hard to figure out. There's going to be a lot of question marks, but Penn State with Micah Shrewsbury, you got to feel like they can answer them if they're coming back, assuming everyone comes back. Yeah, uh, you assume you start with Micah Shrewsbury and then mm-hmm. the player, because if Micah Shrewsbury doesn't come back, then uh, kind of open the floodgates there. I think a yeah. lot of players are going to uh, follow him to his destination, especially Braden, <laughs> uh, his, uh, his flesh and blood. Uh, but I, I really do like the outlook of this team, but, you know, just assuming everything stays in place. Just imagine a starting five real quick of Kanye Clary, 
Jameel Brown, Evan Mahaffey, and then Kebajai at the four, his natural position, and then a Demetrius Lilly, who's more of a big center. Uh, still, uh, I, I don't know how much he's grown because I think he was listed at, what, 6'9", coming out of high school. So if he's added maybe a couple of inches to push to 6'10", 6'11", that could be really nice to go along again and be able to compete because he's got the size. Like, he's a bigger – he's got a bigger build. So that backcourt – or, the, excuse me, that front court presence can now go up against, uh, you know, a, a Zach Eady type, even though Zach Eady's still got uh, some more height on him. But that build, he won't get pushed around. He's an anchor uh, at the five. And then you allow Keba Jai to go to his natural position. Then you bring in Kerry Booth. Then you bring in Braden Shrewsbury. Uh, I thought Dalian Johnson would have a breakout season. That's a little bit on hold, but maybe next year's the year. Yeah, I think, you know, Dalian Johnson is a guy who can really fit in in a lot of different places because he's a shooter. Again, he's a guy that kind of like Jameel Brown got pushed back because of the shooting Penn State had on their roster already. Kind of wasn't a necessity what he brought to the table. But if he comes back next season, he's a guy that can shoot it, especially if he gets hot and has that confidence with him. Him and Jameel Brown are really the only two natural shooters outside of some of the freshmen coming in. Braden Shrewsbury, Logan Imes coming in. They can shoot the ball as well. But you look at the two coming back for this team that are already in the program, it's going to be Dalian Johnson and Jameel Brown that are going to be asked to shoot the three extremely well. Kerry Booth can come in and shoot it at 6'10", which is something that's very versatile and something teams are going to have yeah. to figure out how to guard. And if you can get Evan Mahaffey, who completely changed his jump shot this year. I don't know how many people know that. They've completely changed its form. They broke it down and starting to build it back up from the ground up. So you expect him to have a better shooting season next year as well. So I think that's going to be the thing that's going to be different from this year's team to next year's team is that three-point shooting. I don't think they'll rely on it as much. They're going to go inside and try to do things a little differently. But this is a team, there's got to be some excitement going in just because of how young they are and how they'll grow throughout the season together and the talent that they will have. And thanks again for another comment. Uh, great game wrap and discussion. Thanks. No, thank you for watching. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, for listening. I appreciate the support over on this channel. Adam, let's finish up this conversation and talk about uh, what kind of needs they could get from the transfer portal. I think that uh, Penn State, the thing that will hold them back next year is the lack of veteran experience. Uh, they they need to go find somebody that has one or two more years of eligibility just to give them a little more direction. Of course, uh, Dalian Johnson and Caleb Dorsey are veterans, but they haven't been veteran leaders. So do, is there a particular guy that maybe a name from a program that feels displaced? The transfer portal just opened up for uh, college basketball uh, or is there a position do you think that they're going to target? I don't know any names. I think the one position they're going to look for is a true point guard. They've had success mm -hmm. with that at Cam Winter, a Jalen Pickett. They, you know, we've talked about this when we were talking about Purdue. You need veteran point guards to win in March and when you win these mm -hmm. games in conference. So I think they could look for maybe a veteran guy to handle the ball, get them in their offense, do things like that. Cause that really, they don't have a lot of depth behind Kanye Clary at the point guard position. So they're mm -hmm. going to need another guy in there to play the one and really spell Kanye Clary at times as a true point guard. I think the other thing they could use as a shooter as I said if you look okay. at it you have the freshman coming in but only Jameel Brown and Dalian Johnson come back as true shooters and you know it gets hard for freshmen sometimes when you're in the Big Ten and you get in that slump where you know their teams aren't letting you just catch and shoot and it's a lot closer and the game's sped up a little bit more so that's going to be something I think Penn State's going to look for I think a lot of people always say big guy because of how undersized they were this year I don't think that's truly a full necessity it'd be nice to get a guy if there's a 7-1 guy in the portal that you can bring in oh yeah go get him. but um, I 
I think, you know, with three, six, 10 guys coming back and Evan Mahaffey's versatility, I don't think a forward is a necessity. I think I'd go point guard and shooting before I went to that just because of how they played this year. And this is kind of how he wants to, how Michael Shrewsbury wants to play more often if he comes back. So I think the point guard and a shooter would definitely really help this team, especially with veteran guys that can help bring some of these young guards with them throughout an offseason. And it's not like football where you get uh, 80 scholarships. I think it's mm-hmm. the numbers 14 you have yeah. to work with when it comes to men's basketball. So a little, little limited there. Oh, but thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to a live Locked On Nittany Lines. Go check out Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton do an incredible job hosting that show. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Adam. Uh, what a season it's been. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for all the expertise, the insight uh, you helped. Uh, you know, I'd like to think that I know as much as I do about basketball, but I definitely learned a lot more from you uh, as you've grown up playing the game. Uh, you follow, you've been uh, around the, the Penn State men's basketball team. You have you were excited for it through thick and thin at their lowest now at their highest. Uh, so, everyone, please go give Adam a follow on Twitter. And where can where can everyone just keep up with your work in general? At Cheats Adam on Twitter. Still going to be a lot of stuff coming out for basketball as they get the recruits in, the Micah Shrewsbury saga that we're going to have here. So just thanks, Zach, for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, season's over, but, you know, the offseason just begins. Yeah. Well, here's to our next conversation. We've obviously discussed football a lot. Now, of course, a lot of men's basketball. So here's to more incredible discussions and conversations in the future, Adam. Thank you for your time as always. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.